0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord declares that He is the only God and there is no other. He shows the absolute foolishness of idolatry. He alone will redeem and restore His people. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 44. On simply the Bible.
0: If you are building a house, then you must have a solid foundation. And if you are building your life, well, you must also have a solid foundation. What do we believe for our life here and for eternity later? If we believe in God, then what evidence do we have? Now, God does not find fault with us for asking such questions. In fact, he calls us to use our brains to seek out the true and living God and not to be deceived by false gods or false teaching. In Isaiah chapter 44, the Lord gives us ample evidence that he is trustworthy as our rock, both for life and eternity. Isaiah 44, Yet hear me now, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord, who made you and formed you from the womb, Who will help you? Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty, and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants, and my blessing on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the watercourses. One will say, I am the Lord's. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Another will write with his hand the Lord's and name himself by the name of Israel. Now, the nation of Judah was going to go through some chastening. They would go into Babylonian captivity. But God wanted them to know through the prophet Isaiah that he was not done with them yet. He had chosen them, made them, formed them, and would help them. And I think that's something that's so beautiful. We can know that if God shows us, then he has a plan for us, then he will bring to completion that good work he has begun. Now, God calls Jacob Jeshurun, which means upright one. It is symbolic for Israel and shows a special relationship that God had with them. He said, I will pour water on the thirsty. Now, this refreshing spiritual or living water is something that we see in both Old and New Testament. In fact, Jesus said, if we're thirsty, they come to him and drink, and out of our bellies will come forth rivers of living water. But God would pour this upon his people. He said, I will pour my spirit on your descendants. How exciting it is to anticipate God pouring out his spirit upon our children and our grandchildren we love our children and grandchildren and we desire that they would all be filled with the spirit and would spring up among the grass and grow like willows by the watercourses. That's what God says here. He does this for his own sake. Now that should give us great faith and confidence as we pray for our children and grandchildren. Then the Lord says that in the future, they will say, I am the Lord's. In other words, that will be their identity. What is your identity? Is it your career? Is it the famous people you may know or the possessions that you have? Or is it that you are a child of God? We should all be able to boldly say, I am the Lord's. And that should be our primary identity. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. And who can proclaim as I do? Then let him declare it and set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come. Let them show these to them. Do not fear nor be afraid. Have I not told you from that time and declared it? You are my witnesses. Is there a God besides me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. Verse six says, thus says Yahweh and his redeemer, the Yahweh of hosts. Here we clearly see both God, the father and God, the son who is our redeemer. He is the first and the last. Jesus also declares this of himself in Revelation 1, 17 and 18. God says, who can proclaim as I do? You see, only the Lord can predict the future with 100% accuracy. And that is the clearest evidence we have that the Lord is God and that the Bible is the word of God. Now, he challenges the idol gods to do what he does, that is to predict something and then bring it to pass in the future. Then he asks the question, is there a God besides me? Now, the Lord declares that there is no other rock. He knows not one. If there is another God, then either Yahweh is not all-knowing or else he's lying, and neither one of those things could possibly be. Now, in June of 1840, the fifth Latter-day Saints president, Lorenzo Snow, declared, as man is, God once was. As God is, man may become. Although this is not found in any of the Mormonism's standard works, Speaking of this couplet, the official LDS website says, it is clear that the teaching of President Lorenzo Snow is both acceptable and accepted doctrine in the church today. But this contradicts what God says of himself. Is there a God besides me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. The Lord now shows the absolute foolishness of idolatry. Verse nine, those who make an image All of them are useless, and their precious things shall not profit. They are their own witnesses. They neither see nor know that they may be ashamed. Who would form a God or mold an image that profits him nothing? Surely all his companions would be ashamed. And the workmen, they are mere men. Let them all be gathered together. Let them stand up, yet they shall fear they shall be ashamed together. The makers of these false gods were mere men who became hungry, thirsty, and weary. How could they create gods that were supposedly more powerful than them? Their idols profited them nothing, therefore they would all be ashamed. Now God seeks to reason with his people who found idolatry so irresistible. The blacksmith with the tongs works one in the coals fashions it with hammers and works it with the strength of his arm even so he is hungry and his strength fails he drinks no water and is faint so if the creator of the idol becomes weary himself how can the god he makes be stronger than him verse 13 the craftsman stretches out his rule He marks out one with chalk. He fashions it with a plane. He marks it out with the compass and makes it like the figure of a man, according to the beauty of a man, that it may remain in the house. He cuts down cedars for himself and takes the cypress and the oak. He secures it for himself among the trees of the forest. He plants a pine and the rain nourishes it. Then it shall be for a man to burn. For he will take some of it and warm himself. Yes, he kindles it and bakes bread. Indeed, he makes a god and worships it. He makes it a carved image and falls down to it. He burns half of it in the fire. With this half, he eats meat, he roasts a roast, and is satisfied. He even warms himself and says, Ah, I am warm, I have seen the fire. And the rest of it he makes into a god, his carved image. He falls down before it and worships it prays to it and says, deliver me for you are my God. Can't you detect the sarcasm in this? Now this man cuts down a tree with half the wood. He makes an idol and with half he builds a fire to bake his bread and roast his meat. So how could he then worship mere wood thinking that that would save him? Verse 18, they do not know nor understand for he has shut their eyes so that they cannot see. And their hearts so that they cannot understand. And no one considers in his heart, nor is there knowledge nor understanding to say, I have burned half of it in the fire. Yes, I have also baked bread on its coals. I have roasted meat and eaten it. And shall I make the rest of it an abomination? Shall I fall down before a block of wood? When a person gives himself up to worshiping what is a lie, something happens." God gives that person over to a spirit of foolishness, part of his reasoning ability is simply turned off. He feeds on ashes. A deceived heart has turned him aside and he cannot deliver his soul nor say, is there not a lie in my right hand? His God is what he feeds on. Why? Because we all have a spiritual appetite like we have a physical appetite. Don't believe me? then how is it that people who have everything in this world still crave for something more? God has put eternity in the hearts of men. He has created us in his image. We are triune beings of body, mind, and spirit. And until we feed the spirit, we will never be complete. But the one who worships idols feeds on ashes. This was literally true for the one who made an idol from wood, but it is also true for the modern idols that people worship today. Now, we don't see people carving images to worship so much, but we still observe idolatry in our culture. People serve their passions for power, money, sex, pleasure, or education. They worship celebrities rather than worshiping God. Ultimately, it is the worship of self. But in so doing, they feed on ashes, for their deceived heart has turned them away from the true spiritual sustenance that is found only in the Lord. But their idol can never save their soul from hell. And one day, everything they have lived for will be burned up, leaving them with nothing but ashes. Remember these, O Jacob, and Israel, for you are my servant. I have formed you. You are my servant, O Israel. You will not be forgotten by me. So God would never forget his people. I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions, And like a cloud, your sins return to me, for I have redeemed you. Again, the Lord was the one that, despite their idolatry and disobedience, he would blot out their transgressions. And, of course, this would happen ultimately when Jesus died on the cross. Sing, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout, you lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, you mountains, O forests, and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself, who frustrates the signs of the babblers, that is the false prophets and drives diviners mad who turns wise men backward and makes their knowledge foolishness who confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers who says to Jerusalem you shall be inhabited to the cities of Judah you shall be built and I will raise up her waste places who says to the deep be dry and I will dry up your rivers. Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, "You shall be built, and to the temple your foundation shall be laid." How can we know that God is trustworthy? Well, he calls out Cyrus by name a hundred and eighty years before he would give the decree that the captives in Babylon could return to Jerusalem and rebuild their temple. He says, this is what I declare before it ever happens so that you might know that I am God and that I am for you, not against you.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website, to listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see where the Lord named Cyrus as his instrument to subdue nations and free the exiles of Judah. Woe to him who strives with his maker, for God is marvelously sovereign. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.